Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. We are kicking off the new year with a special guest, uh, T-Money Taryn, who is a coach, a financial education coach, um, a money coach, money queen, all the things money. Um, And this is going to be the beginning of a series where I have guests on to talk about, you know, things that are alive in this community and um, becoming rich and wealthy and comfortable and living in a state of overflow is really what every woman um, is your birthright. It's your motherfucking birthright. So it is 2022. There is a revolution happening. Women are waking up. They are rising to their power. And who better to, you know, lead the way than other women that have, have, you know, taken that journey. Um, Taryn is one of those women we met in a coaching um, container together and she's incredible. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and just to know, I am cooking up my own money course, money in the MLM space course. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about for several months now. I've been putting some ideas down and it's starting to come alive um, and it's going to be coming real soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, enjoy the podcast and we will talk to you later. Sure. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole and you're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. I am so excited to bring today's guest on. She is a CEO and financial coach. Um, Her business is Money Honey LLC. And I would like to welcome my friend, my colleague, Taryn, otherwise known as T-Money to the podcast. Hey girl, hey. Yay. Um, So I'm really excited. So let me just quickly share Taryn with you, kind of the audience that we have. So you know who you're talking to. Um, But my business is When Hustle Meets Flow. And I believe that women, especially, we know the hustle because that's how we've been raised. That's how we've been taught. So I, as a coach, am really here to teach women how to get into that flow, how to access that flow. Because once you take all your action and you're in that flow and and the the hustle meets the flow, this is when the creation, the manifestations and all the abundance flows in. And money is something that I certainly am on a journey with. I probably started my healing, my financial traumas journey. I would say probably two years ago. Um, and I'm just, and when I met you in a coaching container, I just loved your energy. I had to know what you teach, how you teach it, um, and all the things. So thank you so much for being here. And I'd like to start off by just having you introduce yourself and just sharing how you came to be tea money, money, honey, all the things money. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I I have to say, um, one, of course, it's a blessing to be here as well. And just to be able to share and have the conversations about money because, you know, for a long time, we weren't having them. So mm-hmm. yep. I'm just so happy to to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, so I'm T-Money. Um, that is what I've been called since uh, like 15 years old. That was when I got that nickname. Um, so, so funny. <laughs> I love it. it. It's funny because they're like, oh, so like, did you just decide one day? And, and it was like, uh, it was high school AP European history class. Mm-hmm. Um, when 
one of the guys in class just called me T-Money and it kind of stu- stuck, you know, forever. So Love here it. we are. Um, I became a financial coach uh, primarily because I struggled with money for a very long time, um, which is always interesting uh, because like my, my dad's a CPA. So, okay. you know, like when it came to like tax stuff, like I had general knowledge, um, but I still remember like when I became an entrepreneur, when I decided to become an entrepreneur, um, you know, I was like, well, you have your own practice. Like, you know, what, what advice do you have? You know, like, what do you think? Um, and nothing, nothing. <laughs> so, um, he was just like, interesting. You know, yeah, he basically was like, it takes grit and I think you can do it. And like, that was the extent of the conversation. And so, uh, you know, as I'm going through my businesses and things like that, you know, it kept coming down to an issue of like cash flow. And I realized that that was, that was coming into my personal life as well. You know, like there were some, so many months where, you know, like the money would run out and I'm living paycheck to paycheck or, like I, I enjoy saying sometimes uh, as an entrepreneur, sale to sale, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's not necessarily a paycheck, it's a sale. Right. And uh, that, like, I had had enough at a certain point. Um, so in 2016 is when I really decided, like, okay, I want to have a different financial situation. I really want to, like, get into things. And what really was the catalyst for that is, I ended up being hospitalized um, with pneumonia um, and I have sickle cell anemia. And so like, it was like a episode slash crisis of both of those at the same time. Mm. And I could not stand for more than five minutes for two months. And yeah. And in that time, yeah, it was, it was rough. And in that time, um, you know, I had, another business, but in order to do it, I had to be able to like do presentations and, you know, and do like, and parties and things like that. And I could not. And so at that point I was like, I need to find a way to like access some passive income or just get finances together. So that way, you know, if something God forbid happens like this ever again, I'm in a better place. So that's when my financial education journey really started. And I started to just learn and apply as many things as possible. And, um, you know, and here we are (laughs) now um, where I just get to teach all the things that I wish I would have known. And then uh, just really get to take folks on the journey with me as I continue to grow with my finances. So, yeah, here we are. Amazing. I love that. There's always something that happens that makes you decide enough is enough. Yes. Do you, do you think that that's like a key ingredient to shifting your money story is that moment of decision? Yes. And I think it is, um, you know, I, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and that stuff is rigged in your favor. Like I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it takes that moment of decision And, you know, like uh, the phrase that I feel like I hear all the time is like, we get sick and tired of being sick and tired, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where you just decide like, yeah, I want this to look differently. I want this to operate differently. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you, when you decide to, to look into what you need to, 
um, look into or feel led to look into. Amazing. Okay. I have so many questions. Um, I want to first, like whenever I have guests on like selfishly, I'm like, Ooh, like I get to have a coaching session, (laughs) Yeah. but but I want to, I want to help you understand who my listener is and, and really talk to her. So I work with women specifically that are in like the network marketing industry. I've been in the industry for eight years. I was very successful. So I, that's the, the niche, right? They tell you to have a niche. Um, so the lens of the woman that's listening to this, she's the woman that wants more. She's the woman that believes that there's more for her than what's been told. Um, so that's kind of the essence of the woman that listens that that's in my community. What I find is in network marketing, like probably every industry there is, there's a very small percentage that is making, you know, the boss babe bitch money, right? The multiple five figure, even six figure income. Then there's a massive, massive amount of people that make maybe a thousand dollars a month. Right. And then there's another massive, 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 massive amount of people that are making like zero to like $250 a month. So that's kind of who we're talking to now in the network marketing space. It's true that you can make as much money as you want. It's true that there is no limit. That is a fact. And that is true. And what the rub is, is that not everyone receives that. Right. So I just wanted to say that I want to speak for my ladies as I ask you these questions. Um, my first question is like, how do you see money? Mm, I love that. And, and before I even go into that, I was in the network marketing industry for oh, you a while. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. What company? Yeah. I was with Mary Kay um, and still do have the reordered. OG. <laughs> the OG. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I was also with um, what was, it was called Financial Education Services, okay. um, but changed to, I think it's United Wealth Education. Um, so I was with them for a couple years as well. And I still offer uh, like our credit restoration thing through them. Uh, so yeah, I'm very familiar. Okay. You get it. You get it then. All right. So what does, um, how do I see money? I see money as a resource and as a vehicle, um, to, you know, the, the desires that you have to, um, give you options. I believe that, you know, money really does give you access to more options. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's mostly, you know, a vehicle to make things happen. Okay. What would you tell someone who has a really hard time accessing that vehicle? Mm. I think I would say, oh, I like, I just, I feel her so much. That was, that was me. There was so, there was such a long time where, um, even in, you know, selling and stuff that, you know, I made all my goals about the money. Right. Mm -hmm. And once I, once I let go of that and really made it about whatever person was in front of me and their situation, you know, that fully changed. And so, you know, I would say it's, it's so easy to, to get caught up in like, it's about the money. Like the money is what I see in front of me. Like, and it's not coming in the, the way that I want it to. When we continue to repeat that track and language that, 
Mm-hmm. That's what we're calling into us more. Mm. And so, you know, like one thing I would say that really helped me when I felt like I was having a hard time accessing that was giving first. And it feels very counterintuitive. It's like, well, I don't have money. So like, what am I going to give? Um, but for me, it even started with as simple as like 5% of what I was bringing in. If I made, if I made a profit of $30 even, cause that happened <laughs> one time and, you know, I gave 5% of my $30, which is like a dollar 50, I still made that tithe or that donation. Mm. And what I found was that as I continue to do that and show that, that gratitude, and it's almost like, um, almost like you're opening your mind to know that more is coming your way. Mm. Um, and so when I continued to do that, even if it was little, what I found out over time, like I was, you know, was giving away like a hundred dollars, even if it was just like that little bit at a time as it's building up. And it's the same thing, like with your money is you're accessing, um, you know, different techniques and things to grow your wealth. Like it's so easy to judge ourselves and be like, well, this is $5. Like, what is this really going to do? Yeah. It builds up over time. And that growth, like it just helps to build your confidence. It's building your bank account, like all of those things. I love that. I love that. And I think you just spoke to something that's so real. Cause I, I do that. Like I don't this, um, every year I like to find a family to like give to like buy their, you know, pay off their layaway or whatever. And I just didn't get around to it. I had COVID blah, blah, blah. So like, I think it was like, even after Christmas, I just, it was not much, but I paid for someone something. And there was a part of me that was like, that wasn't enough, but then there was, you know, but, but then there was a part of me that that was the part that was like the ego part. And then it was like, no, Christy, like money likes to be circulated and you just circulated it. Like, you know, um, and the thing is my husband helped me realize he's like, babe, when we have more, we can give more. So Mm -hmm. let's not give it all away (laughs) because we got to take care of ourselves. Um, Okay. Amazing. So let me ask you this question. What is a money story? I've heard about this. What is a money story? Yes. So a money story is a culmination of all of your experiences and observations of money up until this point. So, uh, yeah. Can you say that again? Say it again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Say a lot of the folks <laughs> in the back. Um, <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Uh, so it's a culmination of all of your experiences and observations with money up until this point. Wow. Yeah. And so, so how, yeah, keep going. Yeah, of course. I was going to say that often folks just focus on like the the childhood observations or like, your experiences with money as a child, but truthfully, like your experiences as an adult also play in to your money story because often what's in your money story is affecting your actual spending habits and the way that you view money currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about then what financial trauma is. Cause I've also heard that mm. gone around. Will you talk about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, Financial trauma can be a myriad of things. 
Uh, so I can even say for my personal story, like I experienced financial abuse um, in my home growing up. And so that's when like money was used as like, you know, manipulation. It was used to just like not, you just wouldn't not be given money and just had to figure it out. Or there was just like so many hoops that you had to go through just to access um, any sort of money. And so um, financial abuse can be a source of financial trauma. Uh, if you have in a, like an event for of some sort where, you know, say a family member passes away and all of a sudden you're left with the bill to take care of them, uh, that can be a source of financial trauma. If you and family members or friends or whoever have argued over money, depending on how that's affected you in your relationship, that can also be a source of financial trauma. So um, it's anything that can that can be, I would say, a significant emotional event mm. around money. Interesting. You just, I just had a light bulb moment while you spoke because growing up and even to this day, because apparently parents don't really change. They just stay the same, but growing up <laughs> and even to this day, one of my parents in case they're watching or listening, love you, mom and dad. But, um, one of them, any drama with their family, it's always around money. Mm. I mean, generation long arguments, it's around money. And so as a child, just, ex just witnessing that becomes a trauma for me. Is that what you're saying? Okay. It can be. Yeah. It's it, it, especially if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's evoking strong emotions in you, or it's like, I want to avoid this topic when it comes to money mm. or like things like that, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely Ooh. a source of trauma another light bulb moment, because I don't necessarily get activated by it. What I do is I just wall. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I actually was chatting with a client today who we were talking about money and things like that. And I was asking her, what was it like in your home growing up? And, um, you know, one of her parents was an addict and the other one had to work three jobs and the parent that was an addict, I guess, was like brilliant and was like, could have been like really, and they, so that this person would get a job, but then they would lose it. And so the mm -hmm. money was always, what kind of trauma is that? Would you say? I mean, I, like the, where, where that shows up is just feeling insecure around the ability to hold on to money usually mm -hmm. is where that one will, will appear if you, um, there's other folks too, who will, uh, when that's a situation, like when they do get money, they spend it really quickly. Cause there's that, that sense of like, I don't know when the next amount is coming. You feel like you can't necessarily rely on money in general, like money coming in. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, I'm, because I'm it was so recovering from that. <laughs> yeah. It was so up and down. Um, and yeah, that's usually how that will end up manifesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, a, you know, probably going to be like a 30, 45 minute long podcast. So I'm sure you can't get into it, but what would be some steps that people can take to, first of all, identify their money story, any traumas that they've had, and then those first few steps to step into a new reality. Yeah. I love that. Um, I, 
always like to start with like, what were your observations around money when you were young? So, you know, what were some situations you heard or, or you know, even conversations that you had? Um, so just around when, those things when you were young. Another one is what were things that were directly taught to you about money when you were young? So it can be one thing to observe, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could observe the arguments around saving or debt or whatever it may be, but it's another thing to be taught, like you must save every single penny that you get, you know, like, or you, you know, when you're having a bad day, go have some retail therapy. That's how we cope with, you know, what's happening. So kind of paying attention to what you observe, but also what you were taught. And then I would also, in the same way that we kind of just talked about, right, kind of tap into where there might be uh, some emotional events that happened around money. So, you know, like the one that I shared with, um, with the hospitalization, you know, that was, that's definitely a piece of financial trauma that I had to work through, you know, just that, that utter shock of, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill because I cannot physically work, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, paying attention to those things and some steps that you can take. Um, one of my favorite activities that a coach taught me was flipping the script. And that means like with that, you know, with that belief that I must work really hard in order to have money, say that that's one of them that comes up for you. And you take that and then you, you start to put some evidence that disputes that, that says like, well, what if somebody just gives you a check? Did you really have to work hard just to receive that check? And so like going through and saying like, what are some things that don't take as much effort, right? So like if I'm investing, that takes less effort on my part in terms of what I need to do in order to get more money. So that's one way where you can start to, to train your mind to see it in other ways. Another one um, that's really helped me, like if, like the thing about limiting beliefs, right, is that we work on them and we can get to a space where like we've made a lot of progress, but they still like to come back every once in a while. Just and to the say difference hi. is, <laughs> yeah, just to say like, hey, how's it going? Um, <laughs> but the difference is like, now we have the tools to work through them. So like, say it again is like, well, what if I get into another situation where I'm hospitalized and I'm not able to work again? Then you can start to process, well, what's different now compared to them? And what you often find when you start to ask yourself that question is that you have more resources now. You may have a deeper relationship with friends who you could ask for support now, or maybe even you've grown in your ability to trust and support others. You know, that's a way where you can start to, to ask and provide evidence of like, no, like I can do this. Like I have the ability to get through this um, in terms of your money story. And so, yeah, those would be like a couple of tips that I would give. I love that. So I just want to recap. You said in order to discover your own financial traumas or your own financial story, you said to observe, to ask yourself, what did you observe when you were young? What were the things that were actually taught to you? And then a tangible step that people can take today is to take those beliefs and flip the script and find evidence where that's actually not true and just start to starts to just kind of chip away at that, at that belief system. Exactly. 
And like, and I'll add one more to, you know, and like, and this is not, it's not just because I'm a coach, but I highly recommend working with a coach mm-hmm. um, because when it comes to your money story and your beliefs, a lot of times that stuff is sneaky um, because we're not like formally taught about money in our school system. So we don't necessarily know what to look out for in terms of like our spending habits. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things where like, it's just happening. And so like, it, this is just how it is often becomes, you know, the patterns that we are working in. And so it helps to have a coach that's going to be there to identify those for you. And then also be able to help you to work through it. Or if you have one of those situations where, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling this, like this trauma come up, I'm feeling triggered, you know, having a coach in general there to help you to work through that trigger and and reset and ground into the growth that your nervous system needs is very, very beneficial. Yeah. And we're definitely, definitely going to have you at the end, tell everyone how to reach out to you and stuff. I know you have a course rolling out right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want you to talk about that, but I want to speak to that and just say, I highly agree that hiring a coach is so helpful. Um, just a quick little story. So we just got back from a Disney cruise and I, it it was a five figure vacation. And so very pricey in terms of what we're normally used to here. Um, but I had saved for it and I had the money for it. And you, it's amazing how I had those moments of like, (gasps) and then I would have to remind myself, like, that's the trauma, right? Like that's the old pattern of like, Chris. So I'd have to like, just be like, like, I'd have to literally deep breath, deep belly breaths, calm my nervous system, tell it Mm -hmm. it, we're we're safe. We've saved. This was planned for like, we actually Mm -hmm. did this the right way this time. (laughs) Like, you know, Um, so, and my coach, Emily, who's also your coach, I would check in with her and she was there to just remind me of that, which is Mm. just so important. Okay. I have so many questions as you talk. What, what is your opinion? Do you think it's easier to make keep or sustain money? Ooh, what's easier? Oh, I like this one. Make, keep, or sustain. I think sustain meaning like compound, like mm-hmm. grow, grow. I definitely think it's easier to sustain money, which is uh, which is funny because like you know most folks would think the opposite. But it's like it's about getting into a good rhythm and system when it comes to your money. I'm all about like your assets paying for your liabilities. And so if you're sustaining money, that means your money is probably working harder than you are. And that's the goal. So if we're sustaining it, that means we have it in spaces that are going to allow it to grow and compound and everything, which then grows that money to be able to, you know, help you as you are making money, as you are trying to keep or save some money. So yeah, I'm on the I love that. (laughs) I love that. So what would you say to someone who's listening to this? That's like, I don't even have enough to pay my mortgage this month. Never mind invest, which then will pay for my liabilities. Yada, yada. What would you say to somebody Mm -hmm. like that? I would say that let's start with a budget. That's like, and that usually is the thing that people run away from. But if you find that you are 
you know, approaching month after month after month and, and not having enough, we got to get into our actual spending habits. Like, what is that looking like? Um, so what I recommend most of my clients to do is to track your spending for 15 to 30 days. And what that means is every single dollar that you spend, you got to write down what it was and where it came from. So like where you spent it at and do that for that time. And you'll start to see where the patterns are. You know, we'll, we'll be saying this and then we'll find that, you know, like somebody needed $200 and we lent it to them. Yet we were not, you know, getting our, like having our mortgage money put aside and stuff like that. So I always say to like, start with the tracking and then we want to create a budget from there. So that way, you know exactly where your money is going. Um, and even when it comes to your budget, it can be some, like, it doesn't have to look like line item and number and, and yeah. so on and so forth. There's other creative ways to make it so that fits your lifestyle. But that's usually where I would tell you to start, as well as giving yourself grace. Like, I think that's an important piece that that we skip over. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame and things. Uh, mm-hmm like with money and it just helps to like take a breath and be like okay this is me this was me doing the best that I could mm. in this moment and oh, so I get so to important. yeah like I get to just like as Emily would say you know just I get to just love her right now yeah and say like okay she's afraid and that's all right and so you know this is what we can do to help her to feel more safe yeah you know, so on and so forth So I just want to talk to that. So what Taryn is saying right there is if you are in debt, if you have made bad choices in in your past or anything like that, it's not about hating yourself or wishing that that part of you didn't exist or whatever. It's really about integrating. It's about loving on that part of yourself and, and realizing just like Taryn said, like she's scared and she is, has some shame and what our coach does and the coaching that I also do is about instead of like turning your back on that part of yourself and just, you know, I see people on social media, they're like, just tell those voices to fuck off. And I'm like, no, like, don't don't tell parts of yourself to fuck off, please. If there's anything that you learn here on this podcast, it's (laughs) to not do that. It's to actually integrate and be like, oh man, like, For me, example, when I started in my network marketing industry and I started making six figures plus, I didn't save for taxes. I didn't. Mm. And now the debt that we have is, is taxes and it's not crazy. And we're, we're getting rid of it, but man, you know, if I beat myself up for that version of me that didn't have the knowledge that wasn't guided, that you know, I would just be hating a part of myself and that's not how you're going to be your highest, most abundant self is hating on yourself. So I love that you just said that so many questions. Okay. I have, (laughs) this is a very specific question. What is your mindset around now? I normally don't talk about this stuff, but it's like, it's really real and you just can't deny it. But like, what is the Mm -hmm. mindset around inflation? Something that we can't Mm -hmm. control. There's inflate, like my husband went to the grocery store yesterday and Oreos were $7 and 50 cents. So like, we didn't get them obviously, (laughs) but like, what is the mindset with things, the chaos that we have no control over in the world and keeping ourselves 
rising up in abundance and all of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I first need to acknowledge that like, exactly, you cannot control inflation. Um, and so, you know, I believe in, in really putting energy into that which we can control. And honestly, the, the one thing that tends to get better with inflation is investing. So um, yeah, because that like as your, like, yes, the market can go up and down, right? However, over time, it corrects itself and usually tends to rise with the correction, you know, year, yeah, yeah, year after year after year. There's lots of Google is your friend on that. There's lots of research, but whether that's with like real estate investing, whether that's with um, stocks or index funds, things like that, those all are going to help you as inflation happens because your money is starting to compound and appreciate over time. I will say. Um, before I felt like I was ready, you know, I used, um, like, a, like, you know, like the Robin hood app is a good one. Stash is another one where you can, you know, invest as little as $5 and you're still helping yourself to, um, adjust for inflation. Now, if you don't want to get into the investing side of it, like if you're saving, um, there's this thing called sinking funds. And so with a sinking fund, that literally is just a savings account for an expected expense. So if you know that like your vacation, for example, that's a type of sinking fund. So you're saving for this vacation, you know what's coming up and you're putting money away for that. If it's car repairs and like, I'm just gonna put a little bit of money away for that each month. So that way I know that once it's time to get new tires or once it's time for my oil change, I can just pull money from there. And so part of it, it does, like, you can't avoid inflation, but you can help yourself by doing some planning of, like, these are some future things that I may want to access. Now, in terms of stuff that is current, you know, you get to make a decision, just like you did with the Oreos, right? You're like, uh, <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> this, is, this is not worth it to me at this time. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to not make that choice to purchase it. Or you may just be like, well, we need the new washing machine. And so we're going to have to, you know, deal with inflation and, and do that. But through investing in like things like sinking funds, you can kind of help to minimize the, the shock value for your spirit as you're doing that. Okay. So what I just heard you say is number one, you can't control it. So, so don't worry. And number two, just put some sort of system into place where, you know, your money is going somewhere and growing. Uh, okay. I mm -hmm. love that. Um, okay. I have a lot of clients that are in massive action and mm -hmm. the amount of action that they have, their bank account should reflect that in their growth of their team of their business. And it doesn't. And what I have, mm -hmm. what I have seen is that it's because they have this massive wall up in receiving. Um, I have a few clients that will say things like, um, and I think this is widespread in network marketing. And I think this comes from being the good girl archetype, right. Is, um, they're, they're, you know, they'll, they'll work their business. They'll send reach outs or they'll do like an event and where they'll meet tons of people and they're, they'll have no sales and they'll just be like, well, but it's okay. You know, I, I, I spread the word about the business and, and I just am like, no, 
like, are you here to spread the word about the business? Or are you here to make money? So what I find right. is that a lot of women have a hard time even saying, I want to make money. And then they have a very hard time of allowing it to come in and receive it. Thoughts for those ladies. Ooh, this one, this one's actually one of my favorites uh, because it was me. Um, okay. You gotta tap into, yeah. Like there's, there's so much that can be said of, about um, having this type of mindset. And maybe like part of it is, right. You almost feel like, oh, like I'm at some level, I'm not good enough to, you know, receive all that or to ask for all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, this is what I, what worked for me. And then what has also worked for some of my clients is we want to tap into your thoughts around wealth. There, it's not a fear of losing money or not having money. It's actually more of a fear of having the wealth and having the success. It's like that deep inner fear of that. And so mm -hmm. we want to start to think about like, what's our language around wealth and around being rich or rich people? What are we saying when somebody, you know, when we see somebody in a Ferrari, I don't know, it's the first car that came to mind. What, what are we saying? Like, what are we saying? Are we like, oh, here's another person in a Ferrari. Like, oh, they couldn't, you know, wish they could have given that money to charity. If we're saying those sorts of things, then we are in turn pushing all of that abundance away from us. And like, this is, it's like such a big thing. Like you can, it's, it's fine to want to give and to want to, you know, be nice and just like, and get out the word. I have the, I have the biggest heart. Okay. And I totally do. But if, as we said earlier, if you do not have the means to sustain yourself, you're, you're not able to serve people on a bigger level. If we're not adding that value to ourselves and our time, then we are not giving on a bigger level. Like if we just continue to, to discount ourselves and our services, then people come and look at us as the, the discount, this, that, and the third, right. you know? And so like, oh, this is like, I could talk about the, this particular topic because I just like, I just want women to get that when you value yourself, when you value your time, when you value the money that you have been given and it starts to get larger, you can help more people. And the more that we just continue to give that away and not ask for the sale when we know that we need to ask for the sale, then we are limiting ourselves. Mm. And the more that we continue to, to language that that is okay, that, you know, maybe that person is meant to have it and not me, you're just pushing all of it away. And it, like, if you have that, like, that desire for something that you want to purchase or you want to do, like, it's there for a reason. And so the universe wants to bring you the resources to do that. But the more that you keep language in the opposite, you just pushing it away. And so that's okay. what I would say. Yeah. So, so what I... <laughs> Just to, just to recap. So when somebody has a hard time receiving mm -hmm. and that would look like in, in my community, somebody who's doing all the work, but they're just not getting the mm -hmm. results. What I'm hearing you say is that in your experience, it's mostly because of how they view wealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
it's like it's like that how they how they view wealth but then it's also on how they view the value of themselves so if we're talk about that more all of yeah of course so the one thing the one thing that i love about money in general is that it shows how you operate in all areas of your life the way that you so true. deal and handle with, with with money is is just a window to like what you value and and all those things and so like when when you are do when you're just like in the stage of like doing 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 and and you know you're not necessarily receiving that's when you can that's when you really get to tap into how much am I valuing myself am I always running my like am I always doing so much that I'm running myself into the ground mm. and I'm burnt out because if that's the case that's probably reflecting in your money and it's definitely reflect, reflecting in your energy when you go into those appointments when you go into those conversations you know that's one part if you are also um, having an issue with receiving people feel that like they feel the wall that's when they're like in a conversation with you or they're in a space with you and they're like like she's cool but like there's yeah but I don't want to look at her like yeah I don't want to buy her yeah shit. it's yeah yeah it's like a it's like they want to but there's just like something that's kind of giving them hesitation and a lot of that is you know that that blocking of receiving and so doing things like writing what you're grateful for like really being present with what you're grateful for like each day that helps to open your mind to like what you want to receive more of even if it's like I made five dollars today if you get excited about making five dollars today then you're gonna be extra excited when the 50 and when the 100 and the yes. hundred and all of that comes in, but you got to be grateful for that little part first. And that helps to open you and your energy up to receiving, you know? And then also, like I had said, the, like looking at how you view wealth too, is another part of that. Mm. So I just have a personal question. When I see somebody in, in a Ferrari, I used to think like, oh, you know, I used to think like, oh God, like just a rich asshole. Now I think, I wonder what they do. What is that a good or bad question? It, that's good. That's okay. Good. That's a shift. That's that is the a shift, shift, right? That's where you're there and you're like, oh, okay. So before, yeah, I'm out here talking shit about them, right? Like they're, they're an asshole. They're driving a Ferrari. And when you're doing that, that person could have been the key to your next opportunity. Right. You know, like that could have been somebody that you could have talked to and been like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, I want a Ferrari too, but like, what, are, yeah. what industry are you in? Yeah. Or like, what are you doing? You never know. They could have had a job opening available at their company where they could have showed you the ropes, but you was too busy calling them an asshole, right? Like right. the old, old version of you, right? So I love that you have that shift and that opens yourself to wealth because now you're asking the questions of like, how did they do that? How did they get that? What? Yeah what happened with them so that they're now driving a Ferrari, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I love that. It's definitely yeah. a shift. Go girl. I'll see you, okay. Chrissy. Ah, <laughs> I love you. Okay. Um, I have like three other, four other questions, if that's okay. Um, yeah, it's totally fine. So I'm sure you're familiar with the upper limit barrier. Mm -hmm. 
So, and just for, for the, those listening, the upper limit barrier is kind of like this idea that this is the way I, I describe it is like when you were a kid, when your subconscious mind was being formed, your nervous system and subconscious mind literally has a program of what's safe to receive in money, in love, in health, in relationships, in happiness. And if you get close to, or beyond that limit, self-sabotage kicks in and it brings you right back down to where you're comfortable. Okay. I just, I knew you knew what that was, but I just want to reference it for the people (laughs) listening. So that being said, what are your strategies or mindsets or best practices for breaking through a financial upper limit barrier? So this is, this is the one where we always talk about the people who have won the lottery and then all of a sudden they're Broke their again. money is gone. Yep. They've hit their barrier. And the the part about that, right, is that it's not that they just decide to spend all of it. They spend it down to and get to a level where they feel they are worth. Mm-hmm. And so that is that's where it is. So that's where the self-sabotage happens. Now it's like any t- like it's the same thing when you get your people get their tax refunds, right? And then they're just like, I'm gonna go buy a vacation or I'm going to go do this as opposed to I'm going to put this in a space where it can grow and continue to you know make me more money or I'm going to you know pay down some debt or buy myself something that is representative of my richest self which then taps me into that space to be there so when somebody reaches that limit and what I find with money is it's often indicative of who they are surrounded by and what they've seen happen like there's again because like a lot of education around money is not prevalent it's better now than it was before but it's not like standardized or anything like if somebody says like hey we're going to you know like invest five thousand in a coach right and you're like uh what (laughs) like that's when you've hit that barrier you're like oh my gosh I can't do that oh no 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 yet two minutes ago you were like this is this is something that's definitely going to get me to the next level in my business this is something that's going to help me to access x y and z I'm going to finally be able to tap into this level it's like when you hit that space of I know that this is what I want and what what will help me yet I've never seen it done before and I don't necessarily know how I'm going to do it that's when I would encourage you to take the leap of faith and do it anyway because usually when you do that the universe is like oh she ready to receive and so (laughs) then they start to pour those resources that money and things back into you that that happened to me when I invested in a retreat last year it was ten thousand dollars And I was like, I have to give $10,000 to something like right now, like all at once. And the answer was yes. And I did it. And I promise y'all three days before I left for the retreat, I received a $40,000 grant for my business. Wow. And it was like, because I decided to jump, even though I was nervous. Yeah. Even though I was scared. I just decided to move through it anyway. So when you are facing that upper limit, that's when like, it's great to um, to ground into reality while also acknowledging the limiting beliefs that are coming up. So 
say it's this um, this retreat situation, right? Everything that's coming up that's saying that you can't, let's go ahead and map all of that out and write that down. And then at the same time, I want you to go and is that real? Is that really something that's happening? Is there really like, I don't have the money. Is there really no money available anywhere ever <laughs> for you to be able to do that? What does that mean in turn? That means I get to get resourceful. What resources do I have available to me? You know, like when we reach those things, often we, we just go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, this is, I'm not worthy of this. This is not good enough. They're all going to not want to be friends with me if I do this and that. But what if you were meant to let go of those things in order to step into something bigger? Yeah. You know, like, oh, I, I just. I know. So good. Ooh, so good. The, good. the good energy. I love that. And I just want to share with you when I was working my network marketing business, like eight years ago, for the first time, I hired a coach who was honestly like $300 a month. It was nothing crazy, but mm. I had, did not have two pennies to rub together. I mean, we, I was looking at, um, actually getting like WIC, which is like government assistance. Mm -hmm. And right. I had this moment, right. This is that moment where you decide I had this moment where I have a, I mean, I, I always feel like an asshole when I say this, but I like, I have a master's degree. I'm an educated woman. I, you know, I am completely capable of making money. I just didn't want to do it through yeah. corporate America. So when I was in network marketing, struggling so bad, I had, I had this moment of like enough, enough. I don't have to be in corporate America to make 80, 90 grand. I can actually make more money than that in network marketing. And I hired a coach. And I remember my husband was like, you hired what you you're spending money on what? Like, we don't have money to spend on it. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to just take the money that I make, which was just a few hundred dollars a month. And I'm going to reinvest it into myself. And in this, and within five months, I hit the top of our pay plan. A year later, I earned the car. Um, when I hired Emily for the first time, it was a $5,000 investment when I was a brand new coach. I mean, I six times that in the three months that I worked with her and you know, she, of course she's an amazing coach and she guided me, but I do believe that when you make that stretch and you call your shot and you've got the decision behind it, the universe conspires in your favor and you've got to show up. You can't just sign on the dotted line and the things happen. You've got to show up, but I do believe that. So what I'm hearing you say is if you're in your upper limit, asking yourself, what does the version of you that's above that limit do? And then do that. Is that what I heard you say? Mm -hmm. And, and the other part, yes, first, yes, exactly that. But the, like the other thing that, that I want to comment on that you said, right. Is that you have to show up. There's this thing about when you do the scary thing, you're hyper vigilant to what is going on. You're extra focused. Cause you're like, it's look, yeah, this needs to work. This is it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, this has, this has in, in the game don't work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is going to work right now. And so because of that, it uh, it unlocks like a hyper focus and just like another level of energy and determination to do the thing. Once you're there and you decide to make that sort of investment, it stretches you a bit. You are going to stretch because 
now you're like, well, I, like I gotta, we gotta figure this out. Like I gotta find, you know, this $300 somewhere. And so what is it that you're telling me to do? All um, right. Yeah. I'm gonna just do it. You yeah. know, like that's, that's what happens. Like, and that's why, like when we reach the upper limit, it's important to, to really decide like that part about like, do you want it is important because if you're reaching that upper limit of like, it's going to feel uncomfortable, you know, like there's, there's that thing about like your body doesn't know the difference between like being nervous and being excited. It's the same sort of, <laughs> same sort of energy wavelength. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're scared because you don't trust something and something feels very shady and you don't actually want to do it, that is, that's a no. We've reached the, the limit and that one's a no. But if you're feeling like I want this, but like, I just don't know how or like where, or, you know, that, that's different. That's when we get to, that's like, Ooh, our like, growth that. edge. like that's when we get to, to go and grow. I like that. I love that you just created the distinction between a bad investment and a good investment and, and an investment that grows you and stretches you. Okay. That was really good. So for those of you that are listening, we're not saying to go and just give the next person that's, you know, wishing, promising you the world, but to really like who you're, what you feel called to what you've been wanting to do, but you've been stopping yourself because of that. Well, how's it going to blah, blah, blah. I tell clients, potential clients, not all of them, because it's a little sassy statement, but I tell a lot of them when they're like, oh, I don't know if I have the money. I'm like, listen, if you needed to come up with $3,000 to like save your firstborn, you would find it. You like, do it. <laughs> you know, like you would find it. And so I'm not saying you need to enroll with me right now, but the, but, but let's not ha let money be the excuse, you know? So, right. And, and what if that's the thing that allows you to save your firstborn in a different way, save them from having to deal with debt when they are older, Yo! save them from having to <sighs> like, you know, be stressed about money or save them from having to like oh, desire the lifestyle they want so much you know oh you just gave me such that just put so much more potency into that statement so thank you that was that's powerful yeah. I'm going to remember that because because I was thinking it was like a sassy statement but now it's actually very purposeful I love that yeah um okay upper limit got through that. All right. Here's the next question. Now you are newly married, <laughs> right? Congratulations. Um, thank you. How, what advice do you have? And I'm pointing to myself. <laughs> what advice do you have for people who are like, okay, I've decided I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to, you know, maybe they hire a coach or they read a book or, or they're, they're doing the thing, but they have a partner who is stuck in scarcity and lack mindset. What's your mm. advice? How, can, you know, my first question is, can you create the level of abundance that you desire, even though you have a partner that is not necessarily like a, being a jerk about it, like, but just isn't energetically mindset on board. Can you, yeah. that's the first question. Okay. And then the next question is any advice for that person? Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in being the example first. Mm. Um, you know, I'll say, uh, <laughs> talk about like, we, we marry our opposites and stuff, right? Okay. And so, 
I'm definitely, uh, he's definitely the more risk adverse out of the two of us. So conservative in general, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, he is <laughs> he's more risk conservative. He's like, oh, this seems like a lot, you know, like he goes into, we're into Enneagram here. He's an Enneagram six. If okay. you know, then you know. And so he, I'm a seven. He's What's a six? The, he's like worst case scenario. He loves oh. to, he's very mechanical and methodical. And what, stuff are like that. So what are you? So what number are you? I'm a, I'm a three. Okay. I'm so, a seven. Party yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. So he like, you know, like when I really wanted to start to getting into like investing in particular, he was like, uh, like, that seems like a lot. And so what I did, I kind of showed him before I really like would tell him. So it'd be like, hey, I just made this off of my investment. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hey, I just made this like another gain off of this investment. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. If it's like a, you guys have never used a budget before and you're like wanting to start budgeting or whatever you want to start saving and that's never been a thing start to create the budget and show the benefits like the big thing is like being that example of how it's good and showing those benefits kind of helps them to see like oh maybe you've got a point or oh maybe this could be helpful if you know that your your partner is like excited about specific specific things of like what it'll give them access to right so say it's um, you know, like if with the real estate investing one, it's like we're gonna have cash flow coming in, so extra money that's coming in from this property. Hey, we could use this to get tickets to the baseball game, and then we can have season tickets, and we're always, you know, doing that. That's when they're like, oh wait, oh that gives us the extra money without me having to like, you know, find it from somewhere else. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know, so it's like finding things where you get to be uh, that example. Like as I was learning to invest, he was just like, I don't know, like that just seems like, seems scary and seems sketchy. And so it's like, as I'm starting to show him ways that you're doing the research, he loves research. So I'm like, research I do before I make an investment. So then to him, it feels less risky because he's like, oh, well, you're looking up as much stuff as possible. And I'm like, yeah. So it's being that that example first, I think often is more powerful than just trying to tell them like, no, we need to do this. Yes, we need to do this. Yeah, like this is going to be the best thing ever. Show them. Yeah. And then they start to really believe you. One of the things that I have kind of a hard time with is my my husband's like super supportive of me and I've shown him the evidence that I am capable of making money. I mean, we've been together 15 years and I've been, mm-hmm. I haven't had a job in 11 years. And so mm-hmm. I, and you know, we're, we're doing good. We bought a hat, like we're thriving, you know? Um, so I've shown him the evidence that I can make the money. One of my biggest issues is like, I'm like, you know, like abundant mindset and da, da, da. And then I will talk to him and he'll be like, well, we can't afford that. And I'm like, it's like, Bruh. you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so I realized that I can't you know, change. Like I'm, I just, I'm like, can you just use different language? Can you just say like, it's not a priority, like, but he's still in his mindset. So do you have any advice for just, I guess me, it's kind of like, how do I not let his words and his, where he is bring me down? Cause I want to keep, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. 
Um, and the, one of my favorite things to do is coach my husband. <laughs> it doesn't work. So <laughs> in the same, in the same, like in the same way that, it, you know, I'm asking myself the questions about the limiting beliefs, like, is this actually real? Or like, what's that going on? Like, I'll ask him those same, you know, I'll ask him those same questions. The other part is, you know, like, I think there's so much to in sharing like your vision for, mm. for something like, even if it is like, he's like, yeah, but I don't think we can afford it. But it's like, what, like, if we can, like, this is what it gives, like, again, this is what it gives us access to. This is what I see us being able to do as a family. You know, we're, this is just the first step of like, of mm. taking it or what would, or the other question um, that I always love with, with couples is like, what makes you feel like we can't afford this or what makes you uncomfortable about spending money on this and having that conversation where it's less of like a, I'm directly coaching you and more yeah. like a, let's have a discussion about it. Okay. Is it that you feel like you can't afford this because you have a friend who tried to do the same thing and it didn't work out for them mm. or like, you remember this again, going back to your money story, right? Yeah. They have a previous experience with that or something like it, where now they're just like, oh, I don't even want to bother with it anymore. You know? Yeah. What I mean? So this brings me to my second to last question is, can you just talk to us about debt, how to view mm -hmm. it, how to, um, not view it as like a, a drain. Um, cause I know in this household, you know, life can't start until the debt is, is at zero. And to me, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> um, and I know that if you have financial trauma and you get out of debt, more than likely you'll get back into it because that's what your nervous system is, is accustomed to. So could you talk a little bit about debt? Yeah, of course. So debt, again, I, like the first step for me when it comes to debt is grace. Um, you know, there's like, again, you did, this was your only option at that time. And so you did what you had to do. And now you, you know, get to take care of it and pay it off and all of those things. I don't believe that debt should stop you from living your life. I also don't believe that it should stop you from, um, you know, growing your wealth. Uh, there was like, I used to follow the advice that you have to pay off your debt before you start investing and everything. And I'm like, I lost two years of compound interest doing all of that. Like you can do both at the same time. And I highly recommend that because then if your, um, your investments are getting to a point where it's starting to, you can use that to pay down the debt, then you're working, you know, you have two things working in your, fa in your favor to get that debt to go down. Um, so that's that part about it. And then like when it comes to your debt, uh, you want to, you know, of course you want to pay it down and everything. And there's some good debt, like some that's like a, a business investment that you are, you know, using to grow your business in a way. And then you're using that business to pay off some of it. I believe that that is uh, some good debt. Now there's other consumer debt where, you know, you may have just, you're eating out all the time and you decide to put all the money on the card and everything like that. That's one of those where kind of like you said, if there's trauma around that, I highly recommend doing the steps to heal that and, you know, working with somebody if you need to, to start to heal that. So you break that cycle. 
Um, but when it comes to like paying off your debt, I will say that I like the snowball method the best. I think that especially if it's something that you have struggled with, that helps you to stay encouraged along the way. And so what that looks like is you're, you add up, you put all of your debts down, you list them all down, and then you start paying them off in order of smallest amount to largest amount. You pay the minimums down on everything else, um, but any extra money you get, you're putting towards that smallest one, um, and then you're putting a bigger chunk towards the smallest debt. Once that's paid off, you're taking that amount and applying it to the next highest, so on and so forth. When you do that, it start, you know, you start to pay stuff oh, off faster yeah. and faster, and it's very encouraging. Um, but overall, like, I think that there's like the reason why there ends up being so much debt is because of the shame that's associated with money. Like, oh, I can't afford this, but I got to make sure I look like I can. So I'm going to pay for it, even though I know that, you know, I can't afford it and so on and so forth, or that I don't have the funds available to me currently to be able to afford something. And so then we're, you know, just adding to the Chasing. pile. I think there's, yeah, like there's a big opportunity for healing in that and having conversations around, you know, what debt looks like and, and all of those things and learning how to set boundaries around money helps to uh, prevent, you know, a lot of debt from coming up. Okay. So I guess what's your overall, like, how do, th this is my very last question is okay. what, yeah, you're like, okay, Christy, <laughs> what is the very no, last question? I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I could, we, we could talk for hours and hours, but what is, what is your relationship today with money? How would you describe your relation? You, a money coach, how would you describe your relationship with money today? Oh, it is. Oh, my relationship with money is such like, it feels like a partnership now, you know, like before it felt like, um, like a cloud or a shadow that was following me around, um, you know, whether that was dead or just like feeling like I couldn't you know, get to a certain space with money or like I wasn't making enough. Like it used to feel like such a cloud. And now it feels like, yeah, it just feels like a partnership. It's like when I need the money, it appears. When I'm like ready to step into an opportunity, like the money's flowing to me. And part of that, of course, is, you know, the mindset. But then the other part of it is just like I've given myself evidence to prove that that is true. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like building the confidence in those little ways. Like the first thing for me was like building my emergency fund, like just being able to get that to a couple thousand dollars. Once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. like we got a little money now. Like, yeah, okay, girl. Then it was like, you know, using figuring out my budgeting system and using that for like a year and seeing all of my accounts just blossom and grow. I was like, all right. I'll see you girl. <laughs> then it was like the investments. And then, you know, it's like, then it's the, you know, invest, like we talked about, like investing in different business and seeing that pay off, you know, deciding that I can have what I want in terms of funding, right. And going to apply for it and going to make it happen. Um, you know, it was, it happened in like seeing my credit score, like helping my credit score to rise 250 points, you know, and, and accomplishing that, like, oh. Stuff like that 
like showed me that money can really be a partner in what I am meant to do on this planet, mm. you know? So it just feel, it feels nice. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, money's the homie. I can just be like, Hey, what's up money? I need you right now. Or like, you know, I appreciate that you're there and just, yeah, it's a very, a very healthy and, and nice partnership. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So tell everybody how they can, you know, reach out to you, hang out with you, learn from you. All the things. All the things. (laughs) Well, yes. Well, I am at Hey T Money Honey on Instagram. That's where you will find me mostly. Um, And I also have a Facebook group. So we share additional money tips in there. There's some mindset stuff there as well. Um, And that is Ambitious Women Wealth Builders on Facebook. You can also get that link um, from my Instagram page. And right now I have Unleashed the Overflow. So that's my eight week program to transform the way you see, handle and experience money. And so we get into wealth strategies, tax strategies. We also talk about you know, building your credit. But in addition to that, we do some travel hacking and credit rewards and we dive deep into the money story. So that way you are healing um, the generational cycles around money, overcoming financial fears, all those good things. We do a money meditation as well. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful experience. And um, I'm just so, I just love the, the women that come out of that and just seeing the way that they are just like badasses with their money is great. So those are the ways that you can connect with me. Come hang out with me on the gram. Yes. And I will have the links to everything you just said in my show notes. So just make sure you send those over to me and we will get them in the show notes. Um, T-Money, it's been so fun. Um, I just thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your heart, for entertaining me and all of my questions. I had like 50 more, but Um, maybe we'll do a part two, maybe we'll have a part two. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, all right. Bye. You guys, how amazing was that conversation? Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. There was a lot of takeaways. She gave a lot of tangibles that you can actually start doing now. Um, and just so excited. So as a reminder, for those of you that are looking for this level of support, if you're looking to have the proximity um, to me and the work that I'm doing and the vibration that I'm holding, um, I am calling you forward. I am calling you forward into the Hustle to Flow group coaching program. It is the Q1 release and we are starting first thing February. Um, If you haven't checked out the masterclass on activating your voice and discovering your own communication codes, I invite you to click the link here in the show notes and join us over on Facebook in our three-day masterclass. Um, By the time this airs, it will be over, so you can't watch it live, but you can certainly jump in. The doors are officially open to the Hustle to Flow group program. And if you're in the masterclass, you do get a special bonus that you can hear about inside of the masterclass. Guys, this is the last uh, iteration of the Hustle to Flow group program where I will be offering Voxer support. So this is really special. Um, All of my really high-level containers have Voxer support where I am in your back pocket. Like I am there to coach you in the moment when you're 
faced with, you know, the same way and decision that you've always done before or taking that new path, you know, finding the courage and and the resolve to take a new path and believe something new and anchor in a new thought and try a new practice. Um, that's what the in the moment coaching really is about. And that's really where change happens. And that's where momentum happens. And this, those are the moments where you actually become unstuck. So having me in your back pocket in Voxer is so special. And this is the last round of the group coaching that I'm doing it with, because I am going to be changing the format of the group coaching program. Moving forward, I'm going to be offering some more high level mastermind type um, offerings as well as the group program. Um, this round of the group program, I am also adding in a new element where each call is going to be led with a practice, um, with a tool, something, uh, you know, that you guys can use on your own outside. Whereas before it was a kind of more mastermind where you guys would bring what you want to talk about this program. We're certainly going to have that, but it's going to be a little bit more structured, a little bit more guided on my behalf. So I'm excited. Um, click the link here in the show notes if you want to get enrolled. If you have any questions, you can find me on Instagram at when hustle meets flow and send me a DM. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. And as always, if you guys loved this program, if it was super helpful, please share it with your community. Uh, tag me. I love seeing that. All right, guys. Take care. See you next time.